tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The Joy Live. <laughs> There's no place like home. Connect your home to super fast internet with affordable data bundles from MTN Home. Visit broadband.mtn.com.gh or your My MTN app to sign up today. MTN. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 FM here in Accra and Kumasi. We are on Love 99.5 FM affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions. We are on Kekeli Radio in Ho, Amenuveve FM in Aplao, Ganga FM in Jirapa, KTU Radio in Kofredi, and A1 Radio in Bogatanga. The midday news is sponsored by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC pipes and water tank. Where Duraplus goes, water flows. Coming up, NDC minority member of Parliament's Defense and Interior Committee warns his side would fiercely resist any attempt to remove Dr. Dampari as IGP to enable efforts to rig the 2024 election following circulation of a purported plot to remove him. Let Dr. Dr. Dampari have the freedom to wear. And let's assure him that, listen, these things will not break you down. But if this is how we remove IGPs, it means that we don't want our democracy to stay. We will break down the police service and destroy our democracy. We have details, as he says, a leaked tape in circulation with a purported plot to remove the IGP could be AI-generated. Also, bills seeking to make the cultivation and industrial use of cannabis in Ghana could become law today as Parliament debates the bill under a certificate of urgency. That is exactly the same plot that the Minister of Interior introduces in Parliament. That is what we have to debate and uh, submit. But campaigners are concerned or raising concern about how this will impact on society. Our enforcement regime is so weak that people will ride on the back of this kind of brand and come in with yeah. the other brand that can be so injur wow. injurious. Are we saying we've run out of all ideas of generating income? We'll get the very latest from Parliament and staying a while longer there as Sin North MP James Jachikwesen makes an appearance in court today. Will the minority boycott the House? I have details of that. Also, the latest in our NSMQ, heated and unnerving in Cape Coast as Mfansipim, St. Augustine's Adisa Delna Agri Memorial clash in the Goa Regional Championship in the Central Region. St. Augustine's College. 4X is equal to 2. No. Never mind, it's even incorrect. Agri Memorial, your answer. 12X. No. Add a saddle. Minus 6. That's correct. We also have sports. FIFA is set to consider the petition filed against GFA President Ket Ukrek. We'll tell you more in 20 minutes. And then also Asioho hit songmaker Nati Borax returns after a decade of absence from the music scene. His new single, Okuku Seku. Oh, 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 o
We have that and more in this afternoon's edition of the Midday News. So this is your home of independent, fearless and credible journalism. I am MFA Apau. Please stay on for details. We begin now to our very first story. An NDC minority member on Parliament's Defence and Interior Committee, Peter Lanchini Tobu, has warned that his side will fiercely resist any attempt to remove Dr. George Akufudampare as the Inspector General of Police. His comment follows the circulation of an audio set to review a plot to kick Dr. Dampare out to enable the NPP rig next year's elections. Peter Tobu warns that such action could seriously put the Fourth Republic in peril. Well, the tape does not identify any person by name but the people involved include a top police officer and a senior member of the NPP. We'll get to hear from Mr. Tobu shortly but per our editorial policy we are unable to play the tape as we have not independently verified it but my colleague Samuel Kojo Brace has been listening to it. He joins us in studio with what he's heard so far on that tape. So Brace what did you hear? So what I've heard is the two people speaking against the current IGP and saying that if they take him to the election, he's not going to help them. Mm. You hear one person say that in election, you have to be brute. You have to use brute force. You cannot always be fair. And that this IGP has been promised by John Mahama to retain him if he becomes the president. And therefore, he's not in there to support them. They believe that they have to break the eight. They can't make Baumia the flag bearer and lose the election. And therefore, this man, the current IGP, has to be changed. The other man says, I don't care if I'm not if I'm not made the IGP. What I care about is that this IGP be changed. At a point, you hear that they say that even Joe Seyusu mm -hmm. has promised the other, uh, one man mm -hmm. that, oh, if they are not go going to make you the IGP, I am ready to sacrifice my seat for you. Mm -hmm. Come and contest and I'll help you win. Then they say that, but they don't want him, the person Joe Uso is talking about, to serve the party in the constituency. They want him to serve the party at the national level, and so they want him to be the IGP. There are no names, but in, in a point you hear, he's a lawyer and a chartered accountant. Mm. And the other man says, oh, he even taught me in school. So who's a lawyer mm. and a chartered accountant? Probably giving mm. cues there. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Samuel Kudubri. So I'm itching to hear more uh, on what he said on that um, almost an hour tape there. But Parliamentary Affairs Correspondent Kweku Asante joins us on the line. This is receiving some attention uh, in Parliament. Kweku, uh, what's you've been interacting with a member of the Defence and Interior Committee, Peter Lanchini Tobu. He was a, a police officer as well for some time. Uh, let's talk about what he's been telling you. So he says that in particular that this tip is very disturbing. It reveals the inner thoughts of people around government and in the NPP who are not so excited about the work um, the IGP is doing. In particular, he's saying that any force to remove this IGP so that the NPP can do what it did in the Iowa so West Morgan by next year in 2024 will not be counted as another NDC will be marching the NPP boot for boot if it came to that. So if you have about 20 commissioners, okay? Each of them can become IGP. So the dream to become IGP is a motivation to drive them into all kinds of things of the organization that you join. That is always a dream for every police officer. So the fact that people will lobby to get that position is not a bad thing. But when you are becoming so dirty in your approach, it becomes unprofessional. And you are totally disqualifying catch the eye of the president. Finally, Honorable, um, in, in the lead up to 2024 election, a lot, a lot has been said 
Do you believe that you and you said so far that the IGP is doing that there may be a plot within the government itself to remove the IGP because some have said he will not allow plans to rig any election? Do you believe that anything of that sort could be happening? Well, it's not a matter of believing, but it's a matter of saying that whoever thinks that way is undemocratic in the brain. Because if somebody thinks that is the Ayawasu West bygone election type of violence that can lead the MPP to break the age, then it means that we don't want the Fourth Republic. Because anything like Ayasu West Wagon Ballot, if anything like that surfaces in the 2024 elections, our democracy problem will be gone. Nobody will sit and take that. Let the police do a professional job, let the politicians do professional politics, and let Ghana have a future. That is all. Now, Kweku, interestingly, he doubts the authenticity of the tape. Tell us more. Yes, he says that the, some of the things that a so-called police commissioner is on the tape saying uh, is too damning. He believes that people who are at that level as commissioners of police are persons of a certain level of intelligence. So he believes that this may have been AI-generated, but that he gives a room of opportunity that this may be true, and that if it is true, that person must not be allowed anywhere near the position of IGP. I've, I've seen the tape, I've, I've listened to the audio, and it is quite strange. No commissioner works will do this. I'm tempted to believe that is that application of AI that has just and I've done such a thing. It is that harmful because if you want to lobby to be appointed of IGP, that is the wrong way because what you are doing, if it is true, and appoint who is lobbying so badly for it, we will paint you as an AI generated something just to deceive the public. Well, so that's a Peter Lanchini Tobu. Well, Kweku, let's talk about the general talk about this particular leak tape in Parliament. What has it been? The fact there are those who actually doubt your authenticity. There are certain high-ranking interior committees that I approached this morning to try and get a bite from them in terms of what they made of this. They say that they wanted some confirmation as to the persons who are on the tape first before they can make some comments. There's a general understanding that there must be some form of investigation to unravel the names behind this and the identity so that if there's anything the government and the police service can do about it. But there is talk that this, they, they may want to wait for some time for some confirmation to come as to whether or not this tip is authentic or t at all and whether or not these persons who want to identify themselves as senior police officers well, Kweku, stay with me while you position yourself because there's a lot more I need to talk to you about in terms of happenings in Parliament because a bill seeking to make the cultivation and industrial use of cannabis in Ghana could become law today as Parliament debates it under a certificate of urgency. The Narcotics Control Cannabis Act was earlier passed by Parliament but was struck out by the Supreme Court following concerns. Some clauses were not debated by MPs. We can hear the Interior Minister, Ambrose Derry, disagreeing with the Supreme Court when he raised the matter on the floor last week. It is wrong for the court to say that it was in violation of Article 106 of the 1992 Constitution. To therefore say that Section 43 is unconstitutional because there was no debate was, in my humble opinion, a grievous error. But because we need to be in tandem with the international movement and also that we consider this to be a public health issue. Well, the Constitutional, Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Committee is set to present the acts for debate today. Chairman Kwame Nyumeduenchi assures that a thorough discussion will take place on the floor to ensure transparency and adherence to proper legislative procedures. He spoke on PM Express last night. We considered it 
under a certificate of emergency and uh, will report to the House. When it went to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court argued that we did not discuss or debate that particular clause. And then uh, the Supreme Court expounded it uh, from the law. And that is exactly the same clause that the Minister of Interior introduces in Parliament. That is what we have to debate and uh, submit. But some persons opposed to the law have raised concerns about the impact on society, especially abuse of hemp in the absence of a roadmap for enforcement. Listen to Sheikh Karimi Al Shaibu and Peter Yaro, Executive Director of Basic Needs. In cultivating this cannabis that we're talking about, in legalizing this, we are saying that our enforcement regime is so weak that people will ride on the back of this kind of brand and come in with. Mm. The other brand that can be so injured, well, injurious. I, and indeed, beyond the economics, we have to look at the human human side of it. It's more health and right. The other question could be, are we saying we've run out of all ideas of generating income? Fundamental and growing, argument. And growing hemp. What, what you are going to do, it's more of going to spend on your health of your population than you're going to rake in. Well, Kweku is still with me, our parliamentary affairs correspondent. We are expecting that debate to happen today under the certificate of urgency for it to be passed. So, Kweku, let's talk about what we know about this law and the process surrounding its passage that convinced the Supreme Court to strike it out in the first place. So, Section 43 of that bill, like you said, allowed the Minister for Interior to give licenses for the cultivation and the use for industrial and medicinal purposes, 0.3 THC. That is allowable. The Supreme Court said that there was not a debate on the section 43 on the floor of Parliament when it was taken because of that procedure to strike it out. Of course, the Interior Minister and members of Parliament, including the Speaker himself, disagreed. They've already said that the court erred, but because they want to obey the Supreme Court, they are seeking to reintroduce this again in terms of the, the section 43. So last week, this was late. The expectation is that this morning, the process will continue towards the passage of it. The certificate of urgency that you heard that the chairman of the committee talk about, and we expect that the second reading will happen today. The only thing is that the committee chairman, at the time the bill was called, was not on the floor, and so the House has taken some suspension to enable country whose committee has been considering this to come. Japan, the chairman of the Defense and Interior Committee is also not around. So the House has suspended to enable these committee chairpersons to come in, present their report to Parliament, and then a debate will ensue before it will proceed to consideration and a third reading and passage because it is going under a certificate of urgency. It is possible that by the close of day today, that bill would have been passed and the section 43, which was struck out by the Supreme Court, would have been inserted again into the original bill. Okay, and then staying a while longer in Parliament and briefly this time, Mr. Dettiquason is suspected in court. Minority carried out their threat again? Yes. In fact, a number of them have come around, but they have not gone to the floor. I spoke to Peter Lantini Tobu. He is around the prisons of Parliament, but he hasn't gone to the floor. At the time, Parliament started sitting about 30 to 45 minutes ago. There are only about 20 NPP MPs on the floor, no NDC MP. The majority side have been commenting again. They say that it is the right of the minority to take such political stance. They believe that there will be some sort of resolution in the coming days. If that does not happen, of course, both sides do really agree that continuous boycott will affect the business of the
As a parliamentary affairs correspondent, uh, Kweku Asante, then I've been talking about Asin North MP James Jachikwesim back in court today as a criminal case over his dual nationality is heard. Richard Kujunyako is there for us and joins us on the line uh, with more. Let's talk about uh, what's currently happening in court, Richard. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Well, so MFR, the application um, by the lawyers for Jim Jachi Payson has been refused by the court. The judge indicated that a continued trial of Mr. Payson will not amount to an unfair trial. She said a grant of stay is an exercise of the power of discretion of the court, and the court, looking at the circumstances surrounding beliefs, it will be fair to continue with the criminal trial while the appeal is ongoing. She indicated that she's looked at all the circumstances listed by the lawyer for James Jachikata, and they are not exceptional circumstances to warrant a stay of proceedings. So lawyer for James Jachikwesin pled with the court for the adjournment of the case until the appeal is heard. But the court said the adjournment he seeks was for today and inquired from them if they will be available for tomorrow. So the trial has been fixed for um, Friday the 14th of July. But Lawyers for James Jachikwesin say they are going to repeat the application. So that's uh, my colleague uh, Richard Kojo Nyako there in court. But Richard, briefly, uh, let's talk about uh, minority presence, uh, the NDC amongst others. We know that um, they've always wanted to carry out a threat any time any of your members are in court. What's the court looking like, though? Well, so they are here in their numbers. Uh, they filled the courtroom, and when the case was done, they filtered through the court gate. But they have expressed disappointment at the decision of the judge to continue the trial while the appeal is pending. And they say that the trial is for the people and not for anybody. So they are really disappointed. That's uh, Richard Kwejonyako there reporting from the court. Well, I'll stay outside a while longer this time also on the phone lines. And we know that the Minister of Education, Dr. Yawasiye Duchum, has been holding a press conference. And we are told that he set up a committee to investigate the latest um, failures in the licensure exams. And my colleague Carlos Caloni is there for us as details. Uh, Carlos, tell us a bit more about this particular committee and what exactly their terms of reference will be. All right, so this is a seven-member committee set up by the ministry uh, following the high failure rate. And so uh, basically um, their mandate is to investigate the circumstances that led to this uh, high failure rate and also make some recommendations going forward. They're also supposed to ensure that materials needed for candidates to uh, write exams are made available. Mm. And he's been addressing other issues as well at this press conference, Carlos? Yes, so there were concerns that were raised by colleague journalists regarding the high failure rate, which others thought that it was part of the IMF conditionality. So it was as if it was, the, the failure was deliberate. But the minister was clear on that, that it was not deliberate and that the IMF conditionality had nothing to do with education. That's my colleague, Carlos Caloni, um, away from education. Former Agric Minister Dr. Ousufi Yakoto has revealed that with improved seed varieties, Ghana can make strides with its farming output as against the efforts to construct dams. Dr. Ifri Yakoto is also seeking to lead the NPP into next year's election. Believes comparing the expensive nature of constructing dams makes economic sense for a developing country like Ghana to rely on the use of improved seed varieties than to rely on dams. Yes, but you see, that is like buying a VW compared to buying a Mercedes-Benz. Irrigation is like Mercedes. 
if you get a truck truck from Medina to the ministry, it will get you to your office. Somebody will also come from Medina in a Mercedes Benz. It's, it depends upon affordability. You talk about irrigation, it's very expensive. We're talking about billions of dollars. The Pualugu irrigation scheme is a billion dollars, so it's not cheap. But what is cheap and can be effective is helping smallholders using the same rainfall patterns that we've had since time immemorial to improve upon the work that they are doing that we can we could afford well he's also been saying that the use of improved seed varieties to increase productivity on smallholder farms was proven to be the best choice during his tenure as minister uh, let's um, challenge this a bit more and interrogate it and we've been joined on the phone by peasant farmers association of ghana executive director charles nyaba we're grateful for your time you've been taking a look and listening to uh, the former minister what's exactly your reaction then uh thank you uh, let me say good afternoon to yourself and the listeners uh, I think his uh, comments are a bit uh, worrying and it's uh, problematic because he's an agri economist himself and he knows the importance of irrigation. There has never been any country that grew its agriculture sector without developing its irrigation development. We can cite a number of examples. If you take Israel, for instance, we all know Israel with its innovation in the agriculture sector. It's true irrigation. They have even converted seawater to be able to do to develop their irrigation mechanism. Mm. If you take Egypt, they use the Nile Valley to grow. If you go to Brazil, the same thing. If you go to China, every community has smaller irrigation systems. But Mr. Nyaba, his it, point he makes is that we can still rely on our normal rainfall pattern and improve seeds without spending much on dam construction. Is that not feasible? No, that is not possible. Because, you see, even if you plant a good seed, and there are droughts, there's no way you are going to get any better yields. You, and because of climate change, today, when you travel across the country, go to northern part of the country, after November, no farmer is able to do any meaningful farming. Even within the main rainy season, the patterns are so erratic that there are some occasions you plant the good seeds, and germination becomes a problem. So to me, I don't, I don't, his comparison doesn't really hold because irrigation performs a different function and then seeds perform a different function. So if you try to box the two together and create impression as if if you save this one and do this, it will work. Mm. You know, the problem we have in Ghana has to do with poor implementation of any project that we are doing. The, he, in his tenure, we started one blade, one dam. So if he knew that irrigation was not that important, why did they prioritize it? Okay. Well, this is an issue we interrogate further. Thank you so much, Mr. Nyaba. There with the Peasant Farmers Association taking us on a quick break here on the Midday News, sponsored by Duraplus Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HDPE pipes and water tank. Where Duraplus goes, water flows. We've been hearing from NDC Minority Member of Parliament's Defence and Interior Committee warning his side will fiercely resist any attempt to remove Dr. George Kufudampari's IGP to enable efforts to rig the 2024 election. Follow circulation of a purported plot to remove him in elite tape. When we return, we have sports, we have national signs and mass squares where there's heated and unnerving um, you know, contest in Cape Coast as in Fansipim, St. Augustine's Adisadel and Agri Memorial Clash in the World Regional Championship in the Central Region. And later... Asioho hit song maker Nati Borax returns after a decade of absence from the music scene with his new single Okuku Seku.
Thanks for staying with us. Let's do sports. Thank you very much, MFA. So FIFA has acknowledged receipt of the petition filed against GFA President Ket Okreko. It will be recorded that Ket was reported to the World Football Body for alleged violations of their Code of Ethics. The petition filed by whistleblower Akwesi Osei Nkrumah accused the FA boss of forgery and falsification, conflict of interest, abuse of position and manipulation of football matches. FIFA has stated they may launch an investigation into the matter and once they are done, we will be here to tell you all about it. So what does Kurt himself say about the petition? The solutions to our football problems is not to defame people. The solutions to our football problems is to show respect to club owners like your good selves because you deserve the truth. The solution to our football problems is not to forge documents to mislead the public. So that's GFA President Ket Okreku. Back to you, MFA. Thank you very much. Now the coalition of individual bondholder groups say they are still angry at government despite a directive for immediate payment of all outstanding coupons. In a statement reacting to government's announcement of the coupon payment, the bondholders say they will not hesitate to mass up at the finance ministry should government fail to honor its announced payment schedule. Well, speaking on news desk a while ago, convener of the group, Senor Jose, confirms that members have started receiving payment after the midnight announcement. We had engagements yesterday um, following our indicated uh, uh, picketing and um, government took some steps and we must recognize the effort made by, by government. On the back of that, and also in pursuit of, 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 of social stability and peace, we have opted to take a step down on our picketing. What we wanted were the monies. The funds have so far been, been executed for the statement that was made. We can confirm receipt of a number of the payments that have been listed out there. Our independent checks have also confirmed that the others have been duly processed, and that gives us adequate comfort. The commitment by government to analyze obligations on the MOU2 has also been restated. This gives us enough comfort for now. Convener of the bondholders, um, individual bondholders group there, Senor Hosi. Well, my colleague James Aveji has been following all this, joins me in studio. Let's talk about the reaction of the bondholders. Yes, MFA. So, in a statement issued by the bondholders, they say that, quote, considering this development, the joint steering committee of the uh, IBF and Indi Individual Bondholders Association of Ghana has decided to suspend the match and picketing unless the government breaches its commitment again. We remain indeed angry, we, uh, but we choose to exercise extreme self-control provided that the government continues to fulfill its obligations promptly as agreed. And so that's what they've been saying in that statement. Thank you very much, James Aveji. Now, Majority Leader Osei Chiemen Sabonsu is attributing the deteriorating integrity in public service to lack of scrutiny of persons who are either elected or appointed to offices. According to him, people pay their way through to power and end up reaping their funds at the expense of the state through awarding contracts in their interest. While his comments follow the worry expressed by former Chief Justice Georgina Theodora Wood about lack of discipline in Ghana's political space warning it is taking away the interest of so many. We can hear the majority leader who's been speaking on the Super Morning Show saying the pretense should not be allowed to continue. The process of selecting people or choosing people to various professions also doesn't help at all. I keep saying that there's nowhere in the established democracies where at the end of the life of parliament the police gates are open to all comers to come and contest a certain member of parliament. And the parliamentary group has no say. People just come from outside 
They've not been tested. They've not gone through any mail. They have fat wallets and they come to dislodge people. I keep saying that nobody enters parliament who is a Father Christmas. If the person sows today, he wants to reap tomorrow. Okay. So if you put such a person, if his party wins and he's put in any place as a minister where he may be awarding contracts and so on. That's the majority leader, Osei Chimen Sabonsu. sound of that tells you it's time for national science and mass quiz and this afternoon showdown in Cape Coast as four powerhouse schools in the central region in Fansipim, St. Augustine's, Adisadil and Agri Memorial are colliding in an electrifying battle for supremacy in the Gore Regional Ch Championship. My colleague Michael Ashley is there for us and joins us on the line. Let's talk about this contest uh, but what seems to be um, you know which school uh, is hoping to get a bragging Between rights? the Cape Coast schools and Agri Memorial but at the end of the day, it was at this Agdell College, the gentlemen in black and white that won. And for the likes of Infantipim that were hoping to unseat them for the very first time, it was difficult. But they came dressed in the occasion, red and black, as usual. So it was their funeral uh, because they were leading in the third round. But at the end of the day, they lost that out to the Zebras. Well, that's my colleague, Michael Ashali. We'll check out um, that final contest. And then also a fierce battle for academic supremacy in Ghana's North is also in the offing as three schools from the northern region, including the Vice President, Dr. Mahmoud Baumias, Alma Mehta, uh, Tamale Senior High School clash in the Tamale Derby uh, with Tamale Islamic Science, SHS, and Ghana Senior High School with the Lions of Tamasco aims at devouring their prey. Well, in the Upper West um, region also, the Lone Star St. Francis Xavier Seminary is hoping to rewrite their history by clinching the 2023 Northern Zonal Championship of the National Science and Mass Quiz. And just before we head out, after nearly a decade of absence from the music scene, popular high-life singer and music legend Nati Borax has made a comeback with his latest single, Okuku Seku. Here are some excerpts from Nati Borax's new song. Why do you meet your brother, man? Anytime when he makes progressive moves. Why do you want to kill your brother, man? Anytime when you see him up there. And that's Okuku Seku, and uh, we have some news um, just in, and um, James Avedi joins me in studio. He's been following the story uh, for some time now, and we are told that there's some release to the National Food Buffer Stock. Let's uh, talk about it. Exactly, MFA. So the statement issued by the National Food Suppliers Association is saying that they have received um, uh, what they are saying is that according to the Minister of Education, he has re released a total of 418 million Ghana cities. They broke down uh, the figure down, uh, but that is covering the period of 2021, 2022, and 2023, respectively. And so, la Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.